Hello, America. It's time for Uncle Sam Says Podcast number 15, Fort Ticonderoga. I love this story. The One of the very first movies that I saw in 3D was Fort Ticonderoga. Scare you to death when those flaming arrows came just right out of the screen into your lap. Ah. Well, this is a great story. And before we get to the story itself, we tell you just a little bit about how communism was actually funded from the United States. The Bolshevik Revolution was funded from the United States. Okay, here it is. Right from the radio program, Fort Ticonderoga. Hello, America! It's time for Uncle Sam Says, and today, the Russian Revolution. Lenin and Trotsky were financed and sent to Russia to start the revolution, and communism had its cradle created. Socialism and communism and progressivism, they're all the same. Supposedly, socialism advocates taking over a government by peaceful means, while communism does it by revolution. Folks, that just means that communism is is socialism in a hurry. Now, most people believe that communism came to power in Russia because they were able to rally the people behind them against the Tsar. That simply is not true. The Allies of World War I forced the Tsar to abdicate in April of 1917. But the Bolshevik Revolution did not occur until November of that year. The revolution was financed by the German High Command, who gave Lenin between five and six million in gold and sent him across Europe in the famous sealed train. Now Trotsky, he left New York on March 27, 1917, with 275 revolutionaries on the SS Christiana. <laughs> but at Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canadian authorities saw through the plan and they immediately jailed Trotsky. <laughs> but within five days, the British and the United States intervened and required the Canadian government to let him go. They joined up with the Lenin group and they headed for Russia and their date with destiny. The communists came to power by seizing a mere handful of key cities. In fact, practically the whole Bolshevik Revolution took place in Petrograd. It was as if the whole United States became communist because a communist-led mob seized Washington, D.C. It was several years before the Soviets solidified power throughout Russia. Are the progressives doing that today? Americans, you've got to wake up! Now, the Germans, on the face of it, had a plausible excuse for financing Lenin and Trotsky. Uh, The two Germans most responsible for the financing of Lenin were Max Warburg, (laughs) remember him, and a displaced Russian named Alexander Helphand. They could claim that they were serving their country's cause by helping and financing Lenin. However, these two German patriots neglected to mention to the Kaiser their plan to foment a communist revolution in Russia. (laughs) And the picture takes on another dimension when you consider that the brother of Max Warburg was Paul Warburg, prime mover in establishing the Federal Reserve System, and who from his position on the Federal Reserve Board of Directors 
played a key role in financing the American war effort. <laughs> and from here on, the plot sickens. For the brother-in-law of Max Warburg's brother Felix was Jacob Schiff, senior partner in Kuhn, Loeb & Company. Uh, Paul and Felix Warburg, you'll recall, were also partners in Kuhn, Loeb & Company, while Max ran the Rothschild Allied Family Bank in Frankfurt. <laughs> Jacob Schiff also helped finance Leon Trotsky. According to the New York Journal-American of February 3rd, 1949, quote, Today it is estimated by Jacob's grandson, John Schiff, that the old man sank about $20 million. Folks, that's $20 million in 1917 dollars. He invested that in the final triumph of Bolshevism in Russia. Communism was financed from America in Russia. Now this conspiracy is boiling right along when finally our Congress began to see the light and stopped the progressive movement right in its tracks. It was a big surprise to them, but the U.S. Congress did not join the League of Nations. This was their crown jewel. This was the progressives' crown jewel, and the United States Congress saw through it. After debate, Congress understood the danger of losing our sovereignty and recognized the progressive movement for what it was and refused to join. This defeat set the conspiracy back many years, but they did not go away. They went underground and changed their strategy. They began working on our education system. They began to write the textbooks and to control the NEA. Have you noticed that virtually all of your universities are running about 90% progressives as professors? Yepper, check it out. Your major universities are leaning so far left, they need outriggers to keep them from falling over. Ah, <sighs> well, okay, it's story time. Now, <laughs> old George Washington, I love to tell stories about George Washington. Now, he didn't do all the work or all the thinking all by himself. He had lots of help help from people who were just as brave and just as smart as he was, and they were just as willing to roll up their sleeves and were, well, well, almost as smart. One of those guys who weren't afraid to do a little work was a fellow named Ethan Allen. He was a pioneer who settled in Vermont just a few years before the war. At that time, Vermont was claimed by both New York and Connecticut. On his own initiative, he organized the Green Mountain Boys, and they were determined that Vermont was not going to be taken over by New York. Well, <laughs> lucky for us that he had this little army all organized when the war broke out, because when Connecticut suggested that he go take the British fort at Ticonderoga, <laughs> he did just that. He surprised the garrison and took the fort. <laughs> this is what he said. When he took the fort and, and he, he captured that general in his bed. And when the general asked him, well, whose authority are you here, boy? And he said, in the name of God and the Continental Congress. <laughs> he captured all of the guns, ammunition, all the food and other supplies, and all of it was desperately needed by the Continental Army. But the most important things that he captured were the cannon. Now, a very good friend of George was a man named Henry Knox. Since it was almost impossible to get money from Congress for anything... Henry Knox went to the captured Fort Ticonderoga. He hired his own carpenters and built 42 sleds and rounded up 80 yokes of oxen. 
Then, after an incredible effort, those cannon and all the supplies were brought overland to the outskirts of Boston, and when Washington captured the Dorchester Heights just outside Boston, those cannon made the British leave the town, and that gave us even more desperately needed supplies. Oh, uh, well, uh, those cannon were incredibly valuable to us, but his capture of the fort gave the Continental Army a boost in morale that, that just couldn't have come any other way. Ah, this was also sweet for George, because it taught the British how the Battle of Bunker Hill should have been fought. It was fascinating. The ground was frozen two feet deep, so they couldn't fortify the hill like they normally would, and the British weren't even expecting anything. So old George, he just up and did something different. He ordered chandeliers made. What? What are you thinking? <laughs> well... Uh, no, this is a different kind of chandelier, not the kind that you hang in your room, you know. They were wooden frames that held bundles of small logs, upright, called fascines, that provided a perfect protection that you could shoot from behind. It all happened overnight. Yepper. The next morning, General Howe found that he was at the mercy of those cannon of Henry Knox. He decided to leave Boston in a hurry. In a hurry! It was a rout! Those folks were scared stiff, especially the Tories or Loyalists. They threw the baggage wagons and the artillery carts off the docks, along with hundreds of blankets and other supplies. But they still left behind mortars, more cannon and shell, and, and lots of other supplies desperately needed by the Continental Army. It was a great day for the Americans. Well, folks, thanks for listening again. Just remember, you can't restore America unless you know what America used to be. And what made America great? Until tomorrow, remember, you are learning the truth. Tell your friends, speak with boldness, and keep your powder dry.